Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, collaborators, Dave Fitzham here with another episode of Pop Collaborating. Listen, coming at you live from lockdown. I wonder if this is what Mike Skinner meant when he said lock down your aerial. I don't know. Anyway, um, yes, we are back after last week's quiz episode. Uh, thank you so much for everyone that's enjoyed the Cure episode. We had a fucking blast recording that one, man. I've been absolutely hammering that album whilst I'm here in lockdown. What a record that absolutely is. Uh, spoilers if you haven't listened to the episode. Absolutely loved that one, man. What a what a pleasure it was to discover that record. Um, so, yeah, um, massive thanks out to Ian Keegan as well. We got in contact with the sentence. An absolutely lovely email on that subject. Uh, it really does mean a lot to us when you guys get in contact. Uh, you know, we were aware that we... Uh, only you really hear from a very small percentage of the uh, the listenership. We're getting thousands of listens a month, and you know we regularly correspond with only a few of you. So if you are listening in, do make yourself known to us, man. We'll always give you a shout out. It's uh, great to know you guys are out there. Let us know where you are in the world. All of that kind of jazz. Uh, we are continuing with our Facebook quiz. Uh, thing that's going on if obviously if you've only been listening to the podcast you've probably been hearing the quiz we're doing we'll have another quiz coming up uh next week as well i'm not sure if we'll have another uh full episode ready for you next week uh but we are recording this weekend on iron maiden's fear of the dark so one for my metalhead brethren uh we're continuing with our facebook quizzes I, i say every friday there is a strong possibility this friday's one may not happen just for a, a number of reasons I've got a paid gig that I've got to do uh, online and the person who was going to cover us Simon Sharp was going to do it for us on Friday but his, uh, his laptop blew up and we're not sure we're going to have the time to kind of get the software on and all that kind of jazz so there may not be a quiz this Friday but next Friday the following Friday we will be back I'm definitely going to throw in some metal questions as well uh, Yeah, Martin Young and Katie Funnel are our listeners who are absolutely dominating at the moment nearly uh, ne- nearly had a winner one week with uh, John and Jackie Myers as well but yeah get get involved guys come and give these guys some challenges uh, Mike Collins I'm talking to you my friend where Mike get your team involved mate get Matt on there let's get some more challenges into this fray anyway um this is the point I would normally tell you what I'm doing I've I've been doing fuck all, mate. I've been doing what you've been doing. I've been wanking too much. Uh, yeah, basically, I've been tr- trying to listen to a bit of music, but mainly old stuff, to be honest with you. We do have a, a, a playlist for if you want to put up what you've been listening to a lockdown, check out all of our playlists uh, on the Spotify there. All of the links are on our website, etc., etc., etc. Anyway, join in with us if you can on the Facebook Live. Uh, get in contact with any comments, etc. This week we're talking about Carter. So, uh, yeah, find out what we made of that. Um, and we'll be back with you as soon as we possibly can uh, with Iron Maiden. Stay safe, lock down your aerial, and... Uh, don't have sex with animals, I guess. Bye.
yes, yes, people. Welcome to another Locked Down episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. I am Dave the Hermit Fensum. I am here as always with Krista, self-isolation Greer. Big up in my house. In your house. In the house. In the house. In your house. Yep. Just in your house. Yeah, exactly, mate. Right. Uh, Waffles the dog is asleep uh, in the footwell of my desk. Nice. Uh, he is had been playing with his ball, he's quite tired, uh, and as such may not have that much to contribute today. Oh, that's a shame, well we'll, we'll uh, have to ask him his opinions later and uh, edit them in. Well you know, he's a big Grebo fan mate. To be <laughs> yeah, fair. I'm sure Carter's right up his street. He often wears a tassel skirt. <laughs> uh, how you, how's your week been Mr Greer, how's uh, the week in isolation treated you? That's been pretty good to be honest, I've... Uh... What have I done? I've been listening to this album a few times in preparation for this podcast. I have been... Uh-huh. Uh, I helped out a little bit with the, the quiz that uh, you ran on Friday for the, the PCL page. I, you did more than help out a little bit. You wrote half of it and you did all the marketing. Well, I, I, fair enough. I helped out with that. Uh, and I've been watching really huge amounts of shit stuff on telly. I, I've, been, nice. I've been getting through some absolute rubbish. must admit. What's the, the best worst thing you've been watching? The best worst thing? I watched Crank 2 again yesterday. Which is oh, well, still that's not even bad. oh no, it's still wonderful. It, it's so ridiculous, but it's wonderful. Um, but on the other end of the scale, I did watch Cobra, Stallone's Cobra, the other day, and we discussed this the other day. Cobra is not. I mean, I mean, it's... no. I mean, I'm not going to defend Shit. Cobra, yeah. but <laughs> the, the problem you cannot go back to these things that were good when we were kids and expect them to be good now. No, well, the the, the issue was probably that I had never seen it before. Had I seen it in 1989. I might have yeah. a different, uh, you know, f- familiar pull to it, but it didn't have anything like that for me, and it's fucking dreadful. Could that be a relevant thing to today's conversation, I wonder? Well, indeed. Who knows? You, if, if I didn't want to do it at the time, can you go back and try again? Who knows? Who I, knows? I, I, I don't want to foreshadow our conversation no, in any no, way. Dave, what about yeah, yourself? No. Have you been uh, doing up to much, or just been working, working, working? I've been working, man. I mean, I've, the weird thing is, because obviously my normal job is, you know, kind of... I, I kind of make my own hours and I work kind of when I want to work. Um, uh, in, and it's normally doing loads of stuff in short bursts. But I'm doing a nine to five at the minute and I, ha- and I haven't properly done. I mean, I you know, I, I, I did what was a kind of a, a field based job, but that's not a proper nine to five. You're in front of yeah. the desk. I was out and about and driving around. So this is the first time I've done a nine to five job in about well, a bit close to 20 years. Um, so it's a fucking shock to the system, man. I'm helping people out with uh, with with customer service inquiries, yeah, sure. and uh, uh, that used to be my job. I used to be a customer service professional 20 years ago, and uh, people are still cunts. Is the, uh, the upshot? <laughs> That's what it all comes back to. Is that, yeah, the times have progressed and some stuff's moved on, but the general public still cunts. Now, do you know what, man? The vast majority of people are sound, but there are some entitled pricks out there, man. Mm. It is mind-boggling. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. The world is fucking burning outside <laughs> our door. And, and you're pissed off about, well, go fuck yourself, right, yeah. brother. Yeah, you know. And you have to take these people seriously because it's your job, but fucking hell, man. If you are, all I'll say to you, if you are a listener to our podcast and you're thinking about going off on someone over something petty, then unsubscribe. Yeah, and have, have a, a word with yourself. Have a fucking word. But no, apart from that, though, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been reading comics and I've been doing loads of jobs around the house. Uh, Lovely. I've been bar, I've been doing lots of barbecuing. I've, I think I've had, I think, I think I've had four barbecues since I last spoke Good to you. God, mate. Wow. Yeah, wow. I barbecued a lot, man. Well, I suppose this is, this is uh, we're recording this just at the, the tail end of Easter weekend when it has been lovely weather, and typically you would have been doing something nice like that if you had the choice. 
absolutely. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is um, scooping an unfathomable amount of dog shit and cat shit out of my garden. Oh, good. E- every morning, mate. It's a full. I've got like I've got like an old, you know, dustpan and brush, yeah. right? I've got an old dustpan out in my garden, and I go out every morning and I have a full scoop. Lovely. I, just shit. I wonder if your animals are inviting like the rest of the neighbourhood pets just to use your garden. I mean, maybe that's the case. I don't know, you know. And you know, the puppy eats quite a lot yeah, of it, so that's, there is more. Um, but yeah, it's it's unpleasant, man. It's uh, I'm not enjoying that part of it, but you know, at least the summer's here, so it's baked in a bit when you pick mm, it up. Mmm, tasty. I mean, it's disgusting. It really is. Anyway, apart from that, uh, writing the quiz and doing the quiz and setting that quiz up takes quite a bit of time. To be honest yeah. with you. If you are listening to this, guys, we are running quizzes every Friday uh, until anything paid gets in the way. Uh, we've done three so far. The first one was on pop music. second one was alternative music. And the third one was a mix of the both, which I think is probably the tack we're going to carry on mm-hmm. with for at least the moment. Yeah, just all 90s. Yeah, yeah all 90s stuff. It all fits in with the theme of the podcast. And what do we have? We had about 18 teams. Yeah, we did some stuff. shit last time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, p- people are joining in. Uh, if you're available and you're on GMT, obviously, here, 8 o'clock on Friday nights, we are taking place. They're all free to take part on. Uh, if this carries on for much longer, we might put a Patreon or something in. But sure. oh, fucking who knows, man. People, a few people have messaged us and said we should. Oh, really? um, but but we haven't yet. We might at some point. Sure. But, you know. Anyway, and what is this week's... Uh, what's this week's... Album, right, this week we are listening to Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machines uh, album called 1992 The Love Album. And uh, are you a, were you a fan of Carter at the time? I wasn't. Uh, no, I I was aware of them because I was into other stuff at that time that was in the scene. You know, I was a fan of Ned's Atomic Dustbin and I was a big fan mm-hmm. of Pop Lead itself. And so yeah. I, I was absolutely aware of the band. I don't really remember hearing much of their stuff back then in, 90, mm. I suppose, maybe 92 onwards. But previous to that, I hadn't been seeking it out because I'd heard a couple of things on compilations and wasn't that into it. So I gave them a bit more yeah. of a wide berth. Um, uh, after after that point, you know, going through the 90s, when I was DJing in indie clubs, I had to be a bit more aware and I was you know, aware of the stuff they were putting out at the time but you also you had to play share of fat man every so often or you yeah. had to play anytime any place anywhere once in a while but uh, I, I was never a fan their sound that i knew from the couple of things i'd heard i was like no not for me and there's plenty of other stuff at the minute so i'm gonna leave that one and not be that fussed well what about you well i mean i would have told you um categorically that Carter USM were a band that I did not like at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I knew of them really is my my f- good friend Sarah Horn Knee Price mm-hmm. or no Sarah Price Knee Horn. Uh, that was that was her kind of musical camp. She was really in a Carter. I was in my stuff, and we were mates. But a lot of our friendship was us taking the piss out of each other's terrible taste in music. Okay. Right? Okay. And I, looking back on it, that I probably had that assumption more than I'd ever spent any real time listening to Carter. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I, I pretty much grew up in indie clubs from the age of seventeen onwards, right? So 
like you say, you you heard, you know, you heard Share of Fat Man, you heard The Only Living Boy in New right, Cross, yeah. you heard you heard the songs from here there. And, you know, they were something that I firmly filed away with stuff that was for those indie kids yep, kind of sure. thing, right? It was not, there was something about the aesthetic that I wasn't into. There were a couple of people that I knew that were into it that I wasn't into and I didn't want to be that. There was something that I didn't like about it. Mm-hmm. Right? And I couldn't really couldn't really tell you what it was. Maybe it was because I was so into my kind of grunge thing, so into my hip hop thing. And, you know, that stuff was all a lot more maybe on the nose a little bit. It was all a bit more kind of open hearted and okay. very... Um, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Angsty, I suppose. Okay. Uh, uh, and maybe that's where I was at that time. So yeah, I would have told you. I, I wasn't looking forward to go to this at this record. No, moment. no. Yeah, we we have talked about this uh, in a couple of times in the run up to recording that I was very much looking forward to how much you were going to hate this because I just picture you as someone who hates Carter because yeah, it's and, so and, not your and thing. That, and I think. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much fair going into this. So, word of warning to any diehard car fans: that is something that I'm coming into this with. Right? Yes, that's your 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 bias pre pre entry point. My bias is more of uh, they were the ones of the bunch that I couldn't be bothered with. Uh, sure. But having said that, I also did I do remember kind of disliking some of the singles because I thought the keyboard sound that they had I didn't like uh, it just didn't do it for me I thought and also I thought the name even though fucking hell I was into Ned's Dominic Dustbin for some reason I thought Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine was a step too far in his try hard name for a band yeah I think I, I, I didn't like that I didn't like quite a few bits of that aesthetic there uh, I mean I, I, what I am amazed about is that this is a number one album. I don't think I recall them... I mean, I I remember them being a massive T-shirt band. You know, I remember seeing... You know, you're at a festival in in the early 90s, you're going to see a lot of Carter shirts. Oh, God, one of the biggest ones, definitely. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. But I just don't remember them being big enough to have a number one album. But, you know, again, it's going to be that groundswell of fan base... We're buying this day one. Isn't well, it? indeed, Iron Maiden syndrome. Exactly, and a little bit kind of. The, if you look at the background of the band, they were formed in sort of eighty-seven, eighty-eight, out of the out of the ashes of a previous band. It's just the two guys, Jim Bob and Fruitbat, and the drum machine. And I think that was another thing that fucked me off as well. Jim Bob and Fruitbat. Oh, fuck you! I see. Yeah, no, absolutely, a bit silly. But again, I can't complain because I was into the drummer of Ned's is Dan Dan, the fast drumming man, that sort of shit. It's it's very silly nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they started playing gigs, got the kind of groundswell of the fans from in the late 80s. They got some attention from, you know, the indie uh, papers and uh, little bits of press here and there. They started getting up and up and up. And then they've released, this is their third album, and it's their third album in mm-hmm. three years. So they released one in 1990, 91 and 92. So it's bam, 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 ramping it up. And the fan base has just been growing. Uh, through that, throughout yeah. that, and so at this point, this is the absolute tipping point. They have got this uh, number one album, and it is only for one week. Uh, of course, it is. It's never going to be a, a, a stayer in the, at number one. But they went in at one. They had this big success, and they were kind of huge in the indie world at this point. But this was their peak. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, let's have a look at um, this album cover. Uh huh. 
I looked at it. Obviously, it's kind of the EU flag, essentially. Isn't it is it? indeed. Yes. And all of a sudden, I, I looked at it and I went, "Oh, fucking hell!" Nineteen ninety-two and all that. Yes. I remember, I remember people talking because yeah. it was about. Was this what was it? It was the EEC joining the EEC. It, was it? Yeah, I think so. It was joining the EEC, and there was discussions about uh, currency and, and joining up forces, the EQ and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was trying to solidify a bit more of European solidarity in 1992. There was all those well, summits. Well, what could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, but the cover of the album is basically, it's the EU flag with just big 1992 The Love Album uh, across the middle yeah. of it. I mean, it's a, pr- it's a pretty simple piece of design. Uh, I, I mean, I think after fucking two and a half, three years of Brexit, it probably isn't the same album cover it would be without that context. Very true. You know Absolutely, saying? yeah, sure. Sure, but it's but it's, it's, you know, it's not exactly it's yeah. It's it's not particularly visually arresting. It's not anything too clever, but it's fine. It doesn't scream Grebo to me. To it definitely doesn't. It seems a bit more mature. I was thinking, oh, is this going to be the mature album? Oh, yeah, and I think there's obviously there's kind of a, a juxtaposition where they are still Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine, and they're still doing their Grebo stuff. But they've decided to call it the Love Album. There's a there's a, a wink and a nod there, is it, whatever yeah, irony yeah, they're going yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, then. Well, should we get started with the the first track on this? Yes, indeed. Right. So, so this one for for reasons best known to themselves is called 1993. I know. Yeah, a bit forward looking. Okay, so we've got some uh, soaring keyboards, yes, chords, gentle introduction. Fade in. Okay, so far so very nice. Indeed. And there you go. Okay. It's gone power metal. Yeah, now this is very action movie montage, isn't it? Yeah, it, well, it, it, this sounds like a scandal. This sounds like fucking sonnet, fucking sonata article or whatever they're called. Do you know what I mean? This, this like German men in big frilly shirts. Yes, yeah. I, I really like this. This, I think, this is uh, in in a kind of tongue-in-cheek ironic way, as as if it was me watching a, a Van Damme film. I, I I like where this is taking me. I mean, it's insanely pretentious, isn't it? It's got a little bit of going for gold about it oh, as well, yeah. doesn't it? Well, with, mean, that, with that, it's definitely there. got. Definitely got a bit of Euro metal about it. Sure. It's certainly super overblown. It is, and I do like that. Is this is a stupid way to start an album because it's ridiculous in every way. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not what I was expecting. I bet you it's not. No, um, it's not what I was expecting either, actually. And you know, and I was, uh, and like, first time listening to it, I went, okay, what's okay. And then I think as I've got, I mean, I've listened to this album maybe six times. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this, uh, I, I kind of, it, 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 it did make me laugh towards, yeah, yeah I, I kind of got the, I got the joke. I went, yeah, this is, this is fucking silly. This is kind of almost Team America levels of stupid. That's exactly what it this. is. Yeah, it's, uh, someone yeah. has done this, they've done this very purposefully, knowing what the outcome was going to be and gone, fuck it, yeah, this is, this is ridiculous. Let's put this as the intro for our album. Great. Absolutely. So you see, it's three minutes long, it's all instrumental, yeah. it's big and stupid. And I can see this as well. Yeah, I bet you I'm, I'm uh, they 
it, well, I don't know at the time, because I've never, ever seen this band live, but I imagine at the time they could have used this as a really good uh, intro to, to coming on stage and getting the crowd hyper-amped up. This would work very well for that, too. Yeah, I can see that completely, mate. I can see that. It's uh, Yeah, I think as, uh, as album introductions go, this does... This does the trick, right? Sure. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, it's not typically what I was expecting, but I like what they've done. Yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting either. So, okay. So, track number two called "Is Wrestling Fixed?" And uh, no question mark. I'd like to point out. Yes, I, I noticed that. Uh, yeah, me. I did notice that. Yes. Uh... The ambulance sirens rang. Right. Well, there's the vocals coming in. That's the sound yeah. part of vocals that I would picture yeah and I'm well don't know how I feel about that vocal straight away no I I think maybe it's because I've got other preconceptions of the band but it rankles with me a bit it's very oh stereotype car yeah that's them is is his affectations I I, I don't know I don't like a forced working class vocal, right? Indeed. But then again, I don't know the background. Maybe this is just what they do. So, yeah, but I mean, obviously you've got kind of an old-timey kind of sound here. It's got an old piano. Sounds a bit like something from Bugsy Malone. Sure, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, this is, what, two minutes long? And this is almost novelty to me at this point, this kind of thing. Well, I've written down here it's kind of got a bit of a Monty Python-esque feel to it, you know? Sure, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a skit. Yeah, it feels like, you know, always look on the bright side of life or something like that. But, you know, the thing I do pick on is that, you know, the the, the certain sardonic tone in the lyrics. Well, indeed, um, yeah. There's, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, there's, there is irony dripping off the pen, left, right, totally, and, and that is what they do, you know, that is their raison d'être, really. Yeah. And then whenever this it kicks in properly at this point, it's, it takes it up a notch, but you've only got thirty seconds of that before the song is actually yeah. over. So you got this big kind of just clanging guitar yeah. really that kind of comes in, right? You know, I mean, this song I would say. Uh, I mean, it's it's pleasingly shambolic and short. Okay, sure. I'm still I'm, I'm not bought into that vocal. Um, and the question I'm asking myself is: Is it all going to be like this? Because this is a weird, this is weird tracking to the first two tracks of an album. I mean, I I, I get the first track in context, right? Sure. But going back to listen to it the first time, it's like okay, so you've got that, and then you've got this. What's okay? What's what's it going to do? Next? Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not a sound that they've they've ruled out. It's not okay. This is what this is. Yeah. but they surprised me twice. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. I wasn't expecting this either time. Fine. Uh, you know, the, I mean, the, the vocal and that guitar. I'm like, okay, that's what I think this is going to be. Yeah. But the rest of it around, I'm like, okay, fair enough. I wonder, you know, what the fan base make of this. Well, you well, know? Yes, absolutely. As, and like you said, the, the, we did. We are now starting to see because we've got some vocals in this one. We're starting to see the lyrical output of the band, which is a bit more cutting and scathing and questioning things, and you know, trying to be a bit provocative here and there, whatever they're trying to do. And so that you're easing into that. And this, the the song is is wrestling fixed, and the lyrics are things like question everything. You know, it's yeah, it, it goes something like does a bear shit in the woods? Does the put wear a funny hat? You know have a look around and see what what's actually going on 
I guess that sort of way. Yeah, and I like you know, I I like the tone of the lyrics. Mm. You know, I, I like I like the kind of the countercultural uh, nature of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it certainly puts me in the mind of a of the time a little bit as well. So yeah, you know. Anyway, so okay, okay, two two gone. I haven't hated either of them so far. Which is, to be honest, as much as we can hope for at this point from you. I would say so. So, so the next one is the only living boy in New Cross. Now, this was the biggest single they ever had. I believe. It was indeed their highest ever single placing. It got to number seven when it was released this year, or in 1992, obviously, uh, and it was the first mm-hmm. single when it was released. And yeah, it, this was. I remember this coming out again because I wasn't into them. I just let it uh, sort of slide past. But this is very, very typical Carter. I mean, I remember this song. A bit. I must have heard this song a lot. But I must admit, it's not a song that I could, uh, I could sing along to. I, I feel like I would imagine I have heard this song more than I think I actually ever did. I, mm. I kind of because I knew that this, I knew that this song was big. I knew the name of mm-hmm. it, uh, and when I heard it, I was like, I feel like I should know this more. So maybe it wasn't as big in the clubs as I remember. Or it maybe being. you were able to tune it out more. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe that's the case. But yeah. you know, all right. Well, let's have a listen okay. to it anyway. So. I must admit, whenever I first put this on and listened to it, I, I was brought back a little bit. I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. Even though... I, me too, me too. I mean, how, you know, I'm not, it's not, you know, I'm not saying, oh, I couldn't remember it at all. No, no, no. But I was like, this is, you know, I would have imagined a band with this statue, I'd have known it a lot more. But so anyway, look, we've got this light intro. Mm-hmm. Kind of plinky-plinky. Ben boy. Right, look, this power chord comes in, right? Yep. Uh, these keyboards come in. Now, I don't love this keyboard sound. No, that was usually my issue with them as well. Yeah. But as this song goes on, it is really infectiously anarchic, isn't it? Oh, it's God, this... yeah. And belying all of it is what is clearly an ability to write a tune. Indeed, well, if you kind of... There's a bit later on in this, about two and a half minutes in, where it's just kind of this keyboard sound, the, the, the keyboard riff. And it could be the backing to a Tiffany song from the late 80s. It's total pop. Yeah, uh, funnily enough, right, there's... I made a similar note, but there's a minute, there's a bit of the keyboard that sounds very much like Georgia Moroder's Together in Electric Dreams. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, sure. Exactly like, like almost like to the point of like, oh, that sounds exactly right. the same as that. But I mean, you know, started digging into the into the vocals of this, uh, and they do have a fucking good way with the turn of phrase here and there. They really do, you know? I've never properly yeah. looked at, at the lyrics before. I, I kind of sang along occasionally if I knew it, or I, you know, I, I caught snippets here and there when I was in a club. I'd never really dug into lyrics before of this band, and this is a good example of, of their, their quality. I mean, the good, the bad, the average and unique. That's a fucking line, yeah. isn't it? I love yeah, that. It's really good. I really love that. And doesn't it make you feel like, oh, this... This is a band, you can see why the fans were so into a band like this. Because it's speaking yeah. directly at them. For sure, man. Look, this, listening to this, it makes me feel very nostalgic for a certain point of 90s alternative culture. Sure. Because, because it, it's, like, it just fucking drips it. Like, we used to drink in a pub called The Cock in Luton, mm. which used to be like a crusty alternative goth pub, yeah. right? 
until they turned it into a fucking Irish theme park. <laughs> but, and it reminds me of that, you know? And maybe, like, it's so strange because at the time I wasn't into this at all. But in retrospect, I can appreciate it a lot more. Right, going back to this, I mean, almost, well, I'm guessing you've not heard this in 25 years. I mean, I probably haven't heard it in 15 or 20. I mean, whenever the last time it was played at a club or right, something sure, yeah. was. But, yeah, I mean, I certainly haven't sought this song out. I mean, if, I might have heard it on Six Music or something. I suppose, yeah, lines. true. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you, fucking enjoyed this song. I think this is a great tune. And I had not appreciated yeah. it before at all. I had dismissed it as one of their whatever singles. Uh, getting yeah. into this a bit deeper, I think this is fantastic. Really, really good. Yeah. Really catchy. I can't I can't disagree. Yeah. I think this is a really, really good and song. And in terms of getting a bit nostalgic, I watched the video for this as well, because obviously it's the first single they had a video for it. And it's just the two of them in a big room, almost like a barn, uh, surrounded by people who would be fans of Carter, just throwing themselves around the place to this tune. So it's almost like they yeah. put, uh, put on an indie club in this barn. And it is yeah. so... It's filmed in 1991, and it's so indie club 1991. You can almost smell it. Uh, it's, you know, yeah. you know, kids with um, pop kid T-shirts, the census things. Um, there's there's a, a James T-shirt in the background. There's a white kid with some dreads. There's a goth girl with an undercut and DMs. Uh, Jim Bob's yeah. got his terrible fringe and his backwards baseball cap. It is yeah. so on point for back that time. Yeah. And it made me go, oh, fuck it out. It, I really enjoyed those times. That was, that oh, was mate, a tribe. I loved you those know? times. Yeah. Loved those times, man. Didn't necessarily, wasn't necessarily part of that. I mean, I I had, I had DMs and I had an undercut, yeah. but I was listening, but I was listening to Faith No More. Do you know like, what I mean? Of course. A, of course. But fuck me, man. It was a, you know, and, and it was a proper counter-cultural statement. Yeah. And, yeah. I do, I do, I mean, this is the old man in me speaking, but I do look for what is, what's represented, what is that, what, what is there in current culture that represents that? Uh, well, I don't think there's as tribal as anymore, that's my take on it. Uh, I mean, I don't know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, maybe that, maybe that's a good thing, I think, mate, you know, maybe tribalism is a, you know, is is a is a bad thing, but I mean, it certainly was something that I got a lot out of. So. Oh yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, this does make me proper old man reminiscent. Though. Definitely, definitely. I would recommend give the the video a watch because you'll go, ah, oh, fucking hell, yeah, that's like that person I knew and that person I knew and etc. etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing on this, uh, like we've we've said about the lyrics, they are clever and they are witty. They are. Uh, inclusive of the tribe all that sort of stuff but it's also the first time we've seen on this album that this is what they do so often they have this pun title um the only living yeah. boy in new cross obviously is a, a, a piss take of the only living boy in new york by simon and garfunkel and they've been doing uh -huh. that their entire career uh i just i picked off some of my my kind of favorite ones from the previous albums Go, uh, how do we look uh they've got things like surfing usm that's brilliant that's great <laughs> Fair enough. sealed with a glasgow kiss uh, nice. The Road to Domestos, <laughs> uh, The Taking of Peckham 123, nice. 24 Minutes from Tulse Hill, and uh, nice. one of my favourites, The Final Come Down. Fair yeah, news, They, they Fair do news. do good titles. There you go. That's I mean, that is up there with McCluskey levels of, 
of good titles. Yeah, for sure. It's very, you know, no wing, wink, tongue-in-cheek, but it, it's what they got known for and did very well. There is, there is actually something going through this record that does remind me a little bit of the kind of the McCluskey future of the All oh, right, yeah. Well, it's you know, very that, sardonic. That kind of sardonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly that. Sardonic is the word. And we said it at the same time, <laughs> even though on we're on Zoom. Yeah, that is so delay. It was one or two seconds fucking delayed. Wicked. All right, then, man. Well, that's the first. This is a short album. That's something we should mention. It's only a 36 minute yes, album. Yes, that's true. We had only 10 tracks that we're doing. There's a point. We'll point out we're, when this was released in 1992, it only had 10 tracks on it. There was supposed to be an extra one. There was supposed to be. Um, the single that they had already released, uh, what's it called? Uh, After the Watershed. After the Watershed. But there were legal issues with that, so it wasn't included on the 1992 release. It was yeah. added post that to re-releases and stuff, but we're not including it in this official listen-through. So 10 tracks is what we're doing. No. Okay, all right. Well, look, so that's the end of the first third, yeah. per se. Uh, shall we dig into the album releases off the time? Indeed we shall. All right. Okay. Uh, right. Also, I will point out that this was number one, as I said, for one week from the 10th to the 16th of May in 1992. But we do have a two week period to look at because Simply Red went back to number one the previous week. Fuck. Sake. I know. Absolutely. Just went. For fuck's sake. Back up to number one. It's never been out of the top 10, and it went back up no. to number one for another week. And I'd love to say something shitty about Simply Red, but as we've already done a whole album, we established that we liked know, that album. fucking crazy, mate. In what, in what we can currently call as a devastating <laughs> backtrack. <laughs> Quite. Uh, so uh, we are looking for the top 10. We're looking in the week of the 10th to the 16th, which is when this was actually number one. Uh, and at yeah. number 10, we have Queen's Greatest Hits 2. Number nine, Genesis We Can't Dance. Number eight mm-hmm. is the Commitment soundtrack, which yep. I loved at the time. I absolutely loved it. Of course you did. You were, you were fucking culturally obliged. Exactly. Uh, number seven is uh, The Madness, Divine Madness. Number six mm-hmm. is a new entry. And I must admit, I don't remember this. I'm not sure what of the hit singles were on it. But Christoberg, Power of Ten, is released this week. Par, par of Ten, that's about his golf Yes, school, exactly, it? it is. Thank you. Nice. Uh, number five, ZZ Top's Greatest Hits. Number four, Annie Lennox Diva. Number three, Right Said Fred, mm-hmm. Up. And number two is Simply Red Stars, obviously. Fucking hell, how many of those top ten albums have we reviewed? There's about five. We've done it? simply one, two, three, four. Four we've done. Fair days. Uh, but if we look at the two weeks uh, in this time period, there are some other kind of big-ish albums out here. So, uh, Levitation. Indie band, they uh, released Need For Not, which got to number 45 in this, uh, this couple of weeks. The Soup Dragons released Hot Wired, which I can only assume was the follow-up to whatever had I'm Free on it, because it only got to number 74, which is shocking. So we, we, we're, cla- we're classing the Soup Dragons' second album as a big release. Oh, right, well, I, I am padding. I'm padding <laughs> that. That is very true. Uh, but, okay, there's, there's your two padders. The, the you're fucking the, oh, no, you're <laughs> the, uh, the ones that are actually half decent disposable heroes of hypocrisy they uh, are nice. in the charts at number 40 this week with their uh, hypocrisy is the greatest luxury um and i loved that at the time i got that absolute day release really into it i when i got the album off the back of the the, the television single i thought yeah. okay this is this is 75% wicked 25% a little bit 
bollocks. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I ever heard the whole album. I mean, funnily enough, do you know what? I ninety two. I think I would have probably, if you'd have asked me, probably put Television Drug of a Nation about nineteen ninety. So I think I'm a little bit out with my oh, see, uh, chronology. No, I think here. I think Television came out in either late ninety one or early ninety two, and then. Maybe one more. Maybe Amos and Andy came out and then the album. I think I remember it being on... Uh, I think I saw it featured on Dance Energy with Norm Lovely. Skeet. Lovely, yeah. Remember Absolutely. that? Norm Damn Skeet. right I do. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Big up respect, respect, respect. He was banging fucking... What's the face, wasn't he? Um, Janet Street Porter? Anyway, Norm Skeet. Mm. Hey, the thing is, I bet you it's one of those ones, if you dig into Norm Skeet, I bet you he's actually done loads for you know the UK hip-hop scene in the back background that we don't know about. Probably, yeah. probably. Yeah. Anyway, let's not let's not get into that because that's a path that ends up with us having to say nice things about Tim Westwood. And I don't that <laughs> Fair play. Uh, right. One of the other ones, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Henry's Dream was out this week. Great record. Yeah. It's a lovely record. I've got I've got a copy of it over here. That that in that direction. I see. Very nice. I was not. I mean, I still I'm not particularly into Nick Cave, and I definitely even wasn't even really aware of him at this point in '92. Uh, but, but I I, I, t- I tell you what I I genuinely believe I, I mean I, I I genuinely believe will change that I think if you came to see Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds with oh, us yeah. I think you would have an absolutely wonderful time right. and then you would spend a bit of time digging into the back very possible very possible I, I think you would man I don't I don't I don't I don't believe that, that knowing some of the things that you like some of like your kind of Loud and Wainwright and some of your mm-hmm. very lyrical songwriting stuff I think you I, I think there is certainly within that back catalogue like enough for you to enjoy I imagine so. you might not be the die hard fan but I think you could find enough stuff that you would love fair it. enough mate fair enough uh, well the other one that I've got this week is Gangstar's Daily Operation came out this week oh great record indeed great great record yeah. uh, I've got it I've not even put a chart placing on it because I can only assume it didn't chart in the UK whatsoever sure but uh yeah, so 92, I remember having, I bought Lovesick, which is off the previous album. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember any of the singles off this album coming out. Uh, I mean, I t- to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have, I mean, where would I no, have I definitely been? wasn't aware I of the album. I would have. I, I mean, I was, it, it was that kind of thing where I, I could get a hold of Hip Hop Connection from time to time. Uh, and... And so I kind of sporadically caught up on releases. I mean, I was aware of Gangstar, but I didn't really. I, I think Gang, I saw Gangstar in Red in '94, mm-hmm. and that was when I kind of started buying Gangstar. Okay, records. sure. Well, yeah, I, I, I imagine that this was probably if you were like a real fucking hip hop head in '92, this would have been absolutely brilliant, Man from Heaven, etc. I wasn't enough in the know. To, to get this at the time at all even though I was yeah. aware of the band and had some stuff from them before I there whenever looking through this album to go oh what was on that there's there's nothing that I was like ah yeah of course I remember hearing that anywhere it never broke through to me at the time I should pull my copy out and have a look at it but I, I can't be asked yeah, basically it's just up there somewhere anyway okay, well, there um, you go. Yeah. there's a few things this week anyway great I mean you know the, the seeds are, I mean you know I think pound for pound Gangstar are in certainly in the way that the conversation happens at the moment. I think uh, Gangstar are the most underrated, uh, kind of consistently good hip hop crew of the nineties. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, I know when you're talking to hip hop circles, obviously they are not underrated. Well, uh, no, people that know their hip hop 
know what they're doing. But what I'm saying is, you know, for every Wu-Tang and Public Enemy shirt you see walking around a fucking festival, there should be a Gangstar one as gotcha. well. Gotcha. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, you know, they're in the same conversation as Wu-Tang and Public Enemy. They're in the same conversation as, as NWA. Yeah, um, sure. You know, they were just consistently good. Every release, even that record that came out this year that, that, uh, that Primo put out with the tracks that you got back from from Guru, mm. that's still fucking great. I still love that record. Cool. Yep. Fair play. I, I can't argue with any of that. That's, that's very, very true. All right, should we crack back into this love album then? Right, yes, indeed. Let's do that. All right, so track four is called uh, Suppose You Gave a Funeral and Nobody Came. Oh, we're a sample and a power chord. We're in, she wants she watched Channel Zero territory. Oh, here we are. Yeah, this is much heavier again than the previous single. Yeah. Lots of swearing at the start. This is this is not going to be a radio hit, something like that. No, I mean this is basically, you know, kind of old school snotty punk with a keyboard. Yes, yes it is. However, this is the keyboard sound that I remember not liking. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, I, I, I do get that. Yeah, I mean, it's everything else. Everything else, I'm fine with. I think that riff is, it's a good. Look, this here's this chorus, right? And this is the thing I think that I'm fine about. Them. They've just got this great nose for a fucking hook. Mm, oh, right? definitely. And like, I, you know, I, I find something the, the whole thing, right? keyboard side of sound there's just something incredibly free spirited about it okay yeah I'll give you that and it's like it's like if I pull this song apart bit for bit do I do I love this song uh, probably not but do I kind of give it a pass yeah I do absolutely you know like, I feel like like this wasn't my thing and I'm going oh you know, maybe I would have been a cooler fucking dude in '92 if this had been my thing. <laughs> right? I, I, I agree. I don't. I, I can't say I love this because of that keyboard sound and also this bit about the here's the church, here's the steeple. I find that a bit annoying. Oh uh, yeah, I found the, the the church steeple bit yeah. a little bit annoying as well. But overall. I think this is perfectly fine too, and it's catchy. I do, I like again what it's saying lyrically. It's saying it in a clever manner. It's saying it wittily. Honestly, if you just took that keyboard sound out, it would be a really good song for me. But I don't know. There's something about it. It's just the cheesy Casio's sound that 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 bit that grates with me when it comes in. It doesn't bother me as much. No, right. I don't think. I think that keyboard sits in a relatively nice juxtaposition to that kind of really kind of heavy guitar. Well, definitely it does do that. And I, but it is a little bit smooth. It is a uh, there's a little bit, uh, and like the drums here are a little bit too. They they want I'd like a bit more in the drum beat. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I don't get why they've done this as the second half of the song as well. This is a four minute song, and the last two minutes are just this refrain over and over until fade out mm. uh, which it don't yeah. see the point and this, is, and this is the thing with this like first couple of listens I was like oh okay by the time I was getting to today and my final yeah. listens to it 
I probably wouldn't have even. I didn't even make the note because I did my notes on the latter end of it rather than the early right, bit. Gotcha. And I didn't even make the note that the last two minutes of this song were that. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I think I was just giving them enough of a pass. At oh, this I was point. definitely after Living Boy and New Cross. Yeah, I was more used to it after a few listens. It, it, when it you know became a bit more familiar, and you're like, oh yeah, this one, rather than what are they doing. I there's a lot of it I would be totally fine with, but this one and again I'm not saying I don't like this song because I I think it's actually pretty decent, but yeah. I think that it's a very strange thing for them to do to have this two minute outro that just fades and fades, and uh, sure. if they took that keyboard sound off it would improve it another fifty percent for me. Fair enough, I've got that. Yeah, I mean I yeah I was I was perfectly happy with that song. Cool. It's not going on a compilation. It's not going on a mixtape, yeah. but. In the context of this, thought it was all right. Cool. And I was trying to work out as I was listening to it and looking at the lyrics as well. Who is it about? Who is it a dig at? Because so at the start, I thought, is it just about the gutter press? Is it about tabloids? Hmm. Uh, and yeah. but then there's also lines in it like, "You may be popular and you're beautiful." Um, so is it about someone specific, or has it changed? It's to, have they focused on somebody else? And I don't know who it's about. And there's a bit about being summoned home from Barcelona and all the donors. So is it about yeah. a politician, or is it about politicians? I'm not sure. You know, you've got the uh, you've you've got the uh, uh, go on your fucking say this, pucker up and kiss some babies, kiss them till they die of rabies, get your tits out for all the ladies. Mm-hmm. Right, you got that kind. Of... I don't know. Is it about collusion is, is, is between the, the gutter press and uh, politicians? Maybe is it about that yeah, the donors and the, the, the space you get for photo opportunities. Maybe it's about that. Is it about people that just don't have any morals? Is it a general cre- screed against people mm. who lock, who lack morals and people uh, reaping that reward at the end of their life? I don't okay. know. I mean, I, I've got to say, one of the things I went into this, I think I really, I mean, I, you know, again, I, I'm very guilty of having made a load of prejudgments about this band over the course of fucking 30 sure. years, basically. And I think one of the things I had in my head that this was a band that were very uh, overtly political and very on the nose with what they did. It was all very six-form politics, right, sure, yeah. right? six-form poetry. Yeah. Uh, and that, absolutely, I mean, you know, I don't know whether some of the other stuff is more like that, but absolutely this isn't. Everything is a lot more oblique than I expected it to be. Everything's well-written. It's, it's done with a sense of humour. They've got something to say. They're saying it. Yeah, yeah fair fucks. Oh, to totally. Them, but it's also, there's real vitriol behind the sentiments as well. They're fucking angry. Absolutely, man. They, they're not fucking around with this. It's, mm. you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, this is this is a very angry song. Well, indeed. Wait, look at that title. Suppose you gave a funeral and nobody came. It's like, have a fucking look at your actions because when you get to the end of your life, everyone's going to think you're a cunt and hate you. But, you know, you'll be dead. And well, true. But anyway, right, so let's uh, move on and listen to uh, the next track. This is track number five. Uh-huh, which is called... This one is called England. Okay, that's an accordion. Yeah, what, what, what's, this is... Uh, Again, starting off sounding pretty novelty again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a silly song. Yes. But now you said kind of the Monty Python thing, I can see that yeah. sort of uh, mentality behind maybe some of these. But also, again, also that McCluskey future of the left thing yeah. here. Like, I was born under a wandering star in a second council house, a Virgo. If you told me that that was a McCluskey lyric, I'd believe Oh, definitely. It. And then rhyming it with Perno at the Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forcefully removed from the belly of my ma and raised on milk and pearl. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, true. 
Yeah, that's some great little I've been GBH'd and ABH'd for a packet of beer. <laughs> Brilliant. Indeed, this is this is I think verging on two novelty for me. I I get that it's a bit maybe more throwaway. It's an album track, etc., etc. But I do think the sound of this is pretty fucking weird. It is, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't really care for this song, but I do. I do like a lot of the wordplay in the lyrics. I, I've been Amsterdam and Reeperbard and Wham, Wham, no, thank no, you, thank you, yeah, man. sure, yeah. You know, I, you know. Again, even in a song like this one, where I don't particularly like it, there is something to like in Definitely. it. Definitely, I agree completely. The lyrics I do really enjoy on this, and I'm not entirely sure. Again, if I'm getting it exactly right, is it a song about a certain type of kind of Little Englander mentality and how he's an outcast in his own country because he doesn't fit in or is it you know how he sees England starting to become is it harking back to the the European theme and uh, England wanting to be more of a a small minded little island I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm not I'm not sure I've dug deep enough into this to pull off any kind of context I I think I've taken some of the uh, the top line uh, you know kind of obviously it's very it's got very kind of uh, Sexual overtones to it. This song, yeah, absolutely. I mean, with yeah, with all of the kind of the stuff about dialing oh eight nine eight triple three triple X directory. You know, the kind of slid down barristers for judges and banisters, readers' wives, husbands with toothless decay. You know, there's it's about kind of prost, you know, kind of almost like prostitution, but whether whether prostitution is being used as mm. a uh, an allegory or an analogy, I don't know. Right, okay. so I haven't probably given it enough thought. I must admit, basically. I had I had put those images and uh, if you want to say metaphors or whatever, I think I had probably just wrapped them up into the way that that he's talking about England, people who live in England being uh, repressed and yeah that's I, I mean i get I, that yeah, too. I, I probably yeah. had just you know not even thought about the real sexual stuff that he's talking about i just put it into the small mindedness package yeah but also you know you know kind of the, the great english tradition of farce and the great english tradition of toilet humor yeah. and people's trousers falling down Whoops, vicar indeed yeah oh exactly exactly that and you know and the repression of British sexuality, yeah. in theory. Yeah, you know? totally. Not that I've come across a lot of it in my time, but uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've had my sexuality repressed, but mainly by my wife. Hey, hey. <laughs> okay. Well, I yeah, I I think that song's pretty throwaway. Uh, it yeah. definitely it works lyrically. Uh, it would probably make a nice kind of poem, but I, musically, yeah. it does nothing for me. But you know, it sits it sits in the midst of this thirty-five minute album. Yes. This album is very much. You know, so far to me, like a kind of a scrapbook of an album. Okay, yeah, okay. And to me, it does fit in the album. It, you know, it doesn't feel out of place. At no, all. true. And again, when listening through, yes, it stood out to me, but uh, I, I didn't go, "Why is this on here?" It just, it just, uh, it did stand out to me as a, a different thing they were trying to do. All right. So the next track is, uh, I mean, this was a single, wasn't it? it? Was. Do re mi so far it so was. good. It was. It was the second single. I remember this one from like being played in the Switch Club right, and things yeah. like that. Have a good time all the time. A little spinal tap sample there. I was going to say that is a spinal. That is spinal tap, it is isn't indeed, it? Yeah. Uh, I was going to say because I, I, knew, I, I knew the word, but I was, it, it felt like maybe it wasn't the, the exact. 
pace of that. Oh, no, it is. It's exactly, exactly from that clip, yeah. And I remember this very much because of the title. I remember Do Re Mi So Far So Good, and me going, okay, maybe that's a bit too clever, clever. But it was, it made an impact. But it starts off with the Public Enemy lyric, so, you know, yeah. bonus points from both <laughs> yeah, of us there, I'm sure. <laughs> it did make me wonder, because there was a Spinal Tap sample, it made yeah. me think that I'm actually very surprised there aren't more samples through this music, because it sounds like the sort of music that should be chock full of them. Sure, I mean, maybe, you know, you know, maybe this is at the time when people are starting to run into trouble, so it's... Well, at the time, uh, another reason I probably think that I wondered why they weren't doing it is because I was very aware that Pop Lead itself were doing it, and they were just yeah. sampling loads of shit, and I always lumped them in a similar camp, but... I guess that's not what uh, Carter want to do. Cool. So look, this yeah. one, again, pretty simple, straight ahead punk rock song. I very much enjoyed this one. It's kind of got those weird little military drum rolls in okay, there. Yeah. Uh, that again, I enjoy very much. Um, this feels like a single to me. I, oh, I can definitely see why this is a single. It's got the catchy chorus. It sounds like Carter if you had to put a label on their sound. So it works in all those ways. Lyrically, it's another kind of skewing of glossy culture, and it's like you know, it's it's, it's the rust under the sign, really, isn't it? It's, it's about the music industry, this one, like, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's about how the music industry deliberately promotes the bland and easy uh, bands over the difficult and challenging, because it's that's what's going to get in the charts, and that's what's easier for uh, people to manage and make money off. Yeah. Well, thank God that's all changed. No, definitely. Yeah, the, well, after this song, everyone took a hard look at themselves and uh, decided to wise up. Yeah, exactly, mate. And uh, and Ariana Grande was born <laughs> in you. Um, I don't know why I singled her out. That's probably unfair, but there we go. Shit, There's man. a couple of uh, bits in this as well, because they specifically refer to some things that have happened to them and uh, on, on their kind of career journey. Um, there's a line, where are the songs about boozers and buildings banning the bomb and abusing the children? And so yeah. you, you go, their, their singles, Blood Sport for All, which was uh, the start in 91, was uh, about, uh, it was about bullying in the army, but it was also, it was, it was considered, you know, kind of not anti-military, but a dig, but it came out at the exact yeah. same time as the Gulf War started. So it got banned sure. and didn't get played on Radio 1. And then uh, at the single that we talked about previously, After the Watershed came out, and it's about child abuse, and it didn't get played because of the legal implications from the Rolling Stones, because there was a line in that that uh, the Rolling Stones yeah. had written. And so it didn't get played either. Well, it's Ruby Tuesday, exactly, isn't it? Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a big refrain from you, Ruby Tuesday. So so that that's the issue. I mean, the, I mean, the, I think one of the main reasons it didn't make it on the album, though, is because, it, because they objected to it enough that they could force a writing credit because yeah. enough of those lyrics were similar. Um, I, what it would have meant is that every copy of the album sold they would have got a royalty off. So they would have lost a significant portion of their royalty to the Rolling Well, indeed, Stones. The, the Stones at the time were asking for 100% of the royalties for that song. They wanted the entirety yeah. of that, not, not not just partial credit. They wanted all of it, which I'm assuming was yeah. a threatening tactic just to make them go, all right, fucking hell, we'll, we'll not do anything with it. It eventually got worked out that they got a writing credit alongside Carter on there, so they get some sure. of it. But at the time, they wanted everything, and the album had to come out, so they just didn't include it. 
But this is another thing that so that what they're talking about on their journey and what they've seen in their time in the music business is that this shit goes on. It's exactly the same as those bastards at Facebook pulling down our best of grunge <laughs> uh, live stream Damn because you, we Facebook. didn't own the. <laughs> Damn you, Mark Zuckerberg! It's not. But yeah, sorry, I, I, I cut you off on a on your on your quite important uh, point about child abuse. <laughs> I'll put the pressure on. I can't make any jokes now. Uh, but so I, I think this is very good lyrically. Again, I think this is very well put together. And I watched the video for this, and it is having a real dig at kind of the manager side, the the music industry, the record company side of things. Signing bands, putting out a, a single, making them change their image, making them change everything about themselves, making money, and then dropping them like a stone. It's that sort of the, yep. the production line shit that they have seen, obviously, in the time they've been around. And so mm-hmm. lyrically, I think it works really well. And the fact that Carter do make songs about things and are angry about issues and try and, you know, put these points across is great because it means that they aren't just one of these other uh, bands who are going to be making millions of pounds, but they are never going to make a million pounds because of it. And they know that. They're making that point. They're they're out of that side of things. There's also a kind of a fuck you with it as well, because they're doing this at the height of their success. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're headlining Brixton Academy, yeah, um, yeah. you know, on multiple nights to adoring fans. And they're doing it on, I guess, what they perceive as as their own terms, you know. I mean, sure. There is a greater argument about, you know, because so much so much music at this point was just catching record companies somewhat unaware, wasn't it? You know, that, that was the whole thing about grunge. Mm. Um, and, you know, they changed the business model and got much better at not being caught on well, the hop true, yeah. in the future. Yeah. You know, we haven't, we haven't really seen a massive groundswell for quite some time. I mean, you can argue, you know, you can argue dubstep and you can argue grime no, and things yeah, like yeah. that. But, you know... But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting times. Anyway, right, so next track should be After the Watershed mm-hmm. uh, on on the re-release album. On that, that was originally as tender. We've discussed the reasons why that's not available. Uh-huh. And so um, then the next track after that is Look Mum No Hands. Big drum. Yeah, big drum, yeah. Bam. Right, you're in. Yeah. And it's almost to reinforce the point that they made in the previous song about uh, where are all the songs about these issues. This is a song about children being killed by terrorists. Does this not sound like a bomb thing to you? Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. It could well be. I mean, that's a, See, I like that keyboard. That's there. a very 1992 sign, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say straight away, I, I, this is probably my favourite one. On the oh, album. really? Yeah, I really like this one. It's all kind of, you know, all kind of clashing guitars and evocative lyrics. And there's just. It kind of sounds a little bit new model army in places oh, as that, well. I can see that, definitely, yes. Um, but. That lyric there, struck down by the G-force of a Semtex surprise, he bucks like sorry, he bucks fucking what's the he bucks like a seahorse, kills over and dies. That's a fucking beautiful. That's a really good line, yeah. And it's so good. In the first couple of run-throughs when I was listening to this, and it was a bit more background, 
Yeah. I heard this line they were doing, he flies with the air with the greatest of ease, that, that uh, daring young man in his blue dungarees. And I thought, oh, that's just another pun that they'd come up with. It's a bit of fun. Yeah. And then when, you, when I actually looked at the lyrics and saw what they were talking about, you know, about a child being thrown by the blast of a bomb and dying, yeah. you go like, oh, fucking hell, I see, right. And, you know, there's, there's a lyric here and it's like, you know, there's nothing as vile or as sad or ridiculous as the coffin of yeah. a child. And that is fucking true. I can tell you that for a fucking wish I well, didn't, indeed. wish I couldn't tell you that oh. from fucking personal experience, but I fucking can. Absolutely. And, it is, Absolutely. and that, that is a hard fucking lyric, mm-hmm. uh, but it's beautifully written. And I think, uh, yeah, I just think this is a fucking great song. Okay. A re- like, a, like genuinely great song. Right. I I agree that it's really good lyrically. The the tune itself isn't 100% for me at all. I think this is an okay tune as it goes through, but it doesn't catch me in the way that some of the other ones do. But lyrically, yes, absolutely brilliant. I just I, I just like the sound of it. I like the tones. I like that kind of like you said, that very kind of very very early 90s kind of keyboard mm-hmm. sound. What kind of like kind of proto rave sound, but I, I kind of like the way they're drawing from that as well, yeah. N- and not quite in, uh, you know, not in that like uh, very kind of nailed on way that someone like Pop would eat itself would mm-hmm. do. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, very, very much like that song. That's my that 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 is my favorite. All oh, right, fair, cool, nice one. Um, and even again, not looking before I'd looked at it properly to see what it was about. The song title, Look Mum No Hands, when you read that, yeah. knowing it's about children being killed by bombs, that is a yeah. fucking dark song title. Oh, fucking absolutely. Yeah. Man. Right, okay, well, uh, that is kind of the second chunk of the album. So let's have another wee break and look at the singles for this week, yeah? Yeah, sounds good to me, mate. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Right then, singles for the week of May 10th to 16th, 1992. Uh, Number 10, there's no point in me playing this for you to guess it because you won't get it. I wouldn't have got it. The Wedding Present, uh, Come Play With Me at number 10. And I can only assume that's at their time where they're releasing. They're doing that thing where they release one single every month to build up into a a collection at the end of a year. So the fans were buying everything. I can only... That's the only way they can get into the top 10 at this point, I assume. Uh, Number 10, or sorry, number 9 is Curtis Steiger's You're All That Matters To Me. Number 8, you're going to get this straight away, I'd imagine. This is a fucking great song. Yeah, so I'm vague, never going to get it. Yes, indeed. My love. Absolutely brilliant tune. Fucking tune. Yeah. Did you know this at the time? Do you remember liking this at the time? Oh, fucking, I was all over this album, man. Funky D. Really? Fucking love this record, man, yeah. I never heard the, the full album, but I thought this was a brilliant single. Absolutely. I've got the album up there, man. It's a great thing. One of my favourites. Um, it was on one of the live Faith Animals. It might be on uh, Live from Brixton, but there's a bit in uh, one of the songs where Mike Patton just breaks off and just starts doing Free Your Mind. Oh, really? <laughs> Free Your Mind. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, just want to say a massive fuck you to Cy Sharp, uh, who <laughs> uh, made the statement on Facebook this week that uh, Epic by Faith No More is unlistenable and tried to make it out as if it's some fucking awful frat boy rap rock song. It's a fucking, you're an imbecile, Cy. I love you, dear. Terrible bastard. You're an idiot. Yeah. 
terrible, man. Fucking epic. That's, that's what my, that's what, on my compilation of songs that make me happy. It's still brilliant. Exactly. It has, it, it's a, it's a trying to claim song. that it's, it's not songs. dated well and you can't listen to it anymore. Bullshit. Bullshit, my friend. All right. It's a very fun song indeed. Uh, so that's number eight is On Vogue, My Loving. Number seven is Metallica's Nothing Else Matters. So obviously we yep. did that album last year. And this is presumably pretty much a year on from the album release. This is kind of the tail end of that album campaign. But yeah, number seven for the single. I mean, this sing. I mean, fuck me. This song was enormous Huge. for so long. I mean, this was like every third video on MTV for about a year. Right, right. Well, presumably as well, this is the one that was kind of their crossover hit. I mean, in and not in the way that Ender Sandman crossed them over to the more casual rock fan. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Presumably, uh, crossed them over to people who like. A par ballad and a love song, that sort of stuff. It would, uh, without know. a doubt, mate. Without a yeah. doubt. Uh, yeah, I would. I would say that it was. You know, this. Yeah, this was. This, I think this song made uh, old Metallica fans more angry than nearly anything yeah, else. Yeah, I think more angry was, than whenever the bassist died. Yeah, this is this is the song that you know. Uh, Old school Metallica fans will cite as the beginning of the end. Whereas I think this is a great song. It's a brilliant song. Okay, so that was number seven. Number six is Mark Almond, The Days of Pretty Spencer. Number five, Right Said Fred, Deeply Dippy. Number four, I'm not going to try and get you to guess what this is called, because that's an impossible task. But see if you can spot who this is by, who you reckon it's by. But it does sound very much like them when it gets into it. Ding dong, ding dong, you always that one. <laughs> Classic playground song. Is it alternate? No, but it, it's it's nowhere near as cool as alternate. Okay. That means. Oh, what is it? It's. It's the real cheesy side of the big chart rave. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's. Is, oh fuck! It's techno, techno, techno. Is it, is it too unlimited? It is too unlimited, mate. Yes, indeed, it is. Yeah. Nice a song called "Workaholic," which I must admit. Yes, indeed. I, I don't remember that one bit, and I'm fine with that. There, there's a bit in the obviously terrible rap in that song. Um, I mean, amazing. Uh, Ray, Ray's rap. Uh, uh, where he's 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 something along the lines of, uh, you, you get up, and you go, and you go to work, and you have to do it because you're not a jerk. Fucking hell, mate! That's just terrible. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Where were they? They were from the Netherlands. I think they were. They were Dutch. They? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell! I I can't fault them for writing, you know, ridiculously awful, catchy rave songs. I didn't do it, and I didn't make all the money they did off it. So you know, fucking fair play to them. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, anyway, so that's number four. Number three uh, isn't on Spotify, unfortunately, uh, and I can't be arsed to play it to you any other way. Uh, but no. Curiosity, hang on in there, baby. Which one was that? Was that... Uh, I can't remember how well, that went. No. I, used to, I, used to, I had a big soft spot for Curiosity. Well, this is obviously post them being Curiosity Killed the Cat when they were decided to just be Curiosity. And so this is absolutely yeah. on their way out. This is yeah, Their, yeah, their, yeah, their yeah, big yeah. pop moments had gone. So this is even post, hey, how are mm. you doing? Yeah, absolutely. That was like a year ago at this point, I think. Bizarrely sampled by, well, bizarrely interpreted by Den Hassel. One of their big singles. Weird shit, man. Mm. Weird shit. Uh, so, all right, anyway, so that's number three. Number two is SL2 on a ragged tip. And number one is 
fucking KWS, please don't go. Please just oh, go. Oh, so bad, so just bad. Just go. Uh, but we do have some other singles that came out in the two weeks that we're looking at. So we'll do some of these. I mean, this one, I cannot imagine you're you're going to know it. I'll play it just in case some of the listeners might get this, but there's no way in hell you're going to know it. And this is currently at number 26 in the charts this week. Oh, I kind of vaguely do know really? what this is. I've never heard this in my yeah. life. Huge, huge, big rock bands. Is it Van Halen? No. You hate them. Is it? Oh. And presumably it's coming off the, the back of one of their massive singles, which we actually both really like. Oh, this is, this is Thunder. No. Is it not? It's Kiss. Oh, fuck, okay, yeah. Oh, it's fucking, fucking late era bullshit Kiss. Fuck yeah, it. this is called Unholy by Kiss, and I don't remember. I- I've heard, one. I've heard. Really? I've heard that before somewhere. Wow, yeah. wow, well, I would never got that. Uh, i tell you what, the best thing about coronavirus is we don't have to see Kiss <laughs> You're a hard man. Uh, so that was at 26 in the charts. Uh, 28, again, there's no way you're going to know what this is, but this is two people coming together. It's someone featuring someone else on uh, on another instrument. See if you can name me these people, because it's going to be obvious. It's fucking so wishy-washy. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> is one of them Candy Dolphin? No, it's the other one. Well, not, not Dave Stewart. Oh. oh, Jerry Raffert. No, fucking, what's his name? Oh. Yeah, who's on saxophone? It was Curtis. Curtis Tigers. Oh, no, it's no, it's the other one. Oh, fucking Kenny it's G. It's Kenny G on sax. The singer, yeah. though. And, well, yeah, it's, it's obviously it's Bolton. Bolton. Exactly, it's Bolton, yeah, yeah. Bolton and Kenny G. Together at last. Right, so, yeah, I just, I just obviously, god-awful, but I had to play that because I did not know that those two came together to make such a masterpiece. It's called Missing You Now. I mean, I don't fucking remember that nah, at all. Of not. But Jesus Only Christ. got to number 28. No one gave a shit. I mean, you know, I mean, at least Bolton has redeemed himself with his uh, latter-day work with Lonely Yeah, indeed. His comedy career has forgiven a lot. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, right, this one got to number 55. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you're going to get this. You might get this. And this is someone. Didgeridoo? Yes, it is. By, uh, by Apex Twin. It is a didgeridoo by Apex Twin, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Fair yeah, play, yeah. mate. Well done. Yeah, uh, I don't remember that coming out because I wasn't into it at the time. I think I bought it maybe a year later in a bargain bin. I got it for 99p. I just don't get it. Don't understand the, the whole Apex Twin thing. I, I don't understand why that's a seminal single. But, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think I do either, if the truth be told. I, I've seen it live a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I think, but yeah, it's, it's not. It's not my. Uh, it's not my not, cup not of not ecstasy. My... Yeah, exactly that. Exactly no. That. Uh, right. This. <laughs> I was in two minds about playing this one, but we're going to do it. This only got to number fifty-seven. I, I fucking. Who's got a vibe, Mark Kelly? <laughs> yes, it is. Mate. I mean, I do. I, don't, I mean, you, you, you know. You, I mean, obviously, R. Kelly's always been a prick. He's, yeah. He's a fucking rapist prick. 
had a couple of tunes though, didn't he? he? That's the thing. He really did. He really fucking did. And this is one of them. This yeah, I mean, big it's, tune. I mean, obviously, it's not it's not the worst thing that's come out of it, but the fact that uh, the remix of the ignition is now forever tainted is mm. is you know that's it, a shame, a, a tragedy. Really, a shame. It is, and yeah. uh, you know, I no longer. Uh, recommend to anyone that I meet on the street oh you have to go and watch Trapped in the Closet because there was a time whenever that was just out and fresh that I was telling everyone you have to watch this it, yeah. it's like nothing you've ever seen before I, mean, I think my favourite thing about Trapped in the Closet though was obviously he was deadly serious when he made that first I honestly think he, he made... the first one definitely but then as soon as he realised that people thought it was funny and he tried to do the second series and he and he obviously tried to write it as a comedy it just became unwatchably bad it was so terrible oh i wouldn't say unwatchably well yeah but his attempts at comedy were so fucking ham-fisted it's like oh man who's oh it, it was embarrassing it's like it was like being on a work conference and they tell you to as a team building exercise you've got to put together a funny sketch <laughs> it's like watching watching those fucking things oh horrible horrible uh, uh, I, I once had to, I once had to do one where I was forced to uh, fucking hell man the, the the dark days of corporate fucking work man. yeah I remember I once had to do take part in a sketch uh, lampooning something to do with uh, Anton Deck where the two characters were called I fucking shit you not Pants oh, no. and Heck no what and I, what? You, 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 you cannot imagine how hard I petitioned for that not to take place. Oh my god! But yet, but, but yet I was there and a part of it in a suit. <laughs> heck, 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 pa- pa- pants and heck. Didn't even go for that, a dick. No, 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 you couldn't do that. That was too X-rated. Oh pants my and heck. God, that's the worst thing I've heard this week. That's brilliant. Uh, no, it's for me, you should have. That's that's a that's a painful memory. That's uh, something I lived. <laughs> uh, well, hey, just think yourself like it was probably in the time before they filmed everything and put it on the company website. It's never going to be seen oh, by anyone else. There are, oh, don't anyway. Yeah. Anyway, All right. right. Okay. So that was uh, R. Kelly. Uh, so in fifty-seven, number sixty-seven, and mm-hmm. I just you might know this. You you will have heard this many times, but I, I don't know if you will recognize it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what this is. Another kind of indie dance floor classic. Yeah, I... They supported Carter a few times. It's uh, Stupid Kid by the Sultans of Pain. Yeah, there you go. There you go, yeah. Thank you. No, exactly. Uh, that got to 67, and I did. I really fucking loved that single when it came out. I was a big fan of that. Um, and then the other, the last one I've got is this, which I remember thinking it was okay, but I think that at the time they did much better singles around that time. Is this Sinetti? It is Sinetti, exactly. Join yeah. our club, Sinetti. I think this is a bit wishy-washy for a band that could do much better. Yeah, but that's there. You go. There's a, a few decent singles, a few interesting bits and pieces there in this couple of weeks. Definitely better than the past couple of podcasts we've done, where there's been shit all to talk about. Yeah, well, at least we've had a couple of weeks. Even you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, fair play to you, simply Red. You create extra content for us to discuss. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, fair, well done all round. Fair hucks. Cool. All right, so that's the singles. Should we go back into the uh, the tail end of Carter then? <laughs> We are at track number eight on the album, which is called While You Were Out. 
Okay, so this one starts kind of sad and downbeat. It almost sounds a little bit chip tuney, you know, a little bit eight bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's kind of a mournful thing. Yeah. But then beat comes in it's a bit more up pace. So this this seems to be on first listen as the lyrics come in, kind of an anti-establishment mm. kind of anti kind of you know fuck you Thatcher kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, we well, did because these kind of the opening lyrics are about hostels being closed down and that sort of stuff. Yeah, but there is a little bit of a uh, pullback and reveal because uh, you know it's not actually that; it's a love song or a breakup song. Is it? Because I couldn't work it out. Because he juxtaposed it with that's like you left a great time to leave me on my own. Right, but I, so I was trying to. Uh, that's a much more easy explanation. I was trying to read far too much into this then. I was going, is it uh, a target at the opposition of the parliament who've let this happen? Is it about someone who should have been more on the ball in in, in power, who's let all this shit go on? No, I mean, I just I, ah. I just read th- I read this as in, but they set up all this stuff that's happening. Right? The, the, the world is terrible, but fuck, now... Now I've got no relationship, and the world is much, much worse. Oh, that makes and much more the sense. Whole, the whole second half of it is about you know, kind of please call me. Right again, right. This is that makes much more sense. And Occam's razor really should have taken over at this point because when you say it, of course it is because that's what it means when it's pick up the phone and phone me. I yeah. was even going, is he trying to talk to Jesus? <laughs> you know, <is> that... <laughs> I was like, that maybe, doesn't fit. <laughs> maybe he's trying to talk to Jesus James. Oh, hey. <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. Well, musically, I really like this song. I think this is really good fun. Yeah, um, I like this one. It's another stomper, really. Yeah, indeed. And that guitar bit that came in uh, reminds me very much of Therapy's "Potato Junkie," which again isn't on Spotify, so I can't play it right now. Uh, I'll drop it in at some point. But the riff is a really good heavy riff. That really like that. This is a, a good, fun, upbeat tune. And catchy as hell for me. Real impassioned anger towards whatever's going on. Yeah, I really like this. This is one of my favourites on the album. This one. Yeah, very much like this one. I'm on, we're on the same page in this one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good a, a good song. Cool. Nice one. Uh, right, uh, number nine then. Sky West and Crooked. <laughs> so it sounds like Egypt by Madness. Oh yeah, Mike Boot to Cairo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big drama, anyway. Loads of big yeah. drama stabs and chords. This is one of the longer songs on here as well. It's nearly five it minutes is, long. It is, yeah. Sky West Crooked. So we're kind of slightly into big, spacey, meaningful, kind of almost uh, kind of Bowie-esque. Mm, okay. But it does. It sounds like this is one of their more heartfelt. Uh, personal songs or something like this yeah yeah. We've got it and in space. I, I, you know uh, 
totally honest with you, this one is a li- this one doesn't work as well as the rest of the album for me. No, is it? This track on the album probably works the least for me. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't maybe go that far, but it leaves me a bit cold. I suspect it's supposed to get like draw me in more emotionally than it is. It doesn't do that for me. And there's a bit, there's whenever the kind of the, the piano bit comes in. Uh, yeah. See if it's when, it, when that comes in. It really reminds me of something else. And I had in my head like Earth Song by Michael Jackson. It's got that sort of a feel to it, but I don't know why. This this little bit coming in. Yeah. Something about uh, that. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah I, I, I totally. Now you say that, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I was yes. trying to. I then listened to Earth Song, and it doesn't have that in it at all. But it reminds me of it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is yeah. fine. I just say I think it's, I left a little bit cold by it. I think the lyrics again are pretty powerful at times. It's some good stuff going on. But yeah, and I think you know the, the little spoken word bit, the kind of I've almost I've lived almost fifty years, seen life as it is. You know, that's you know that's you know a nicely written spoken part. Yeah, um, the yeah, jury. Problem with it, yeah, I was at the jury. Was the jury doing that? But yeah, okay. uh, you look, it feels it feels a bit on the nose to me. That's the problem with it. And okay. I've got, in, like going into this record, I kind of thought that might be what it was all going to be like you know sure sure which would be um, that would put you off if they thought that yeah, yeah absolutely yeah it would put me off uh, you know i i do you know i don't dislike this song i think putting this song where they do they they you know i, I kind of trying to not trying not to talk about this song and with without talking about the next one mm-hmm. uh, but but i think there's there's a uh, a tracking error with it. I don't, I don't think this should be track ten if you're going to have the Impossible Dream as track eleven. Well, or nine or ten. Oh well, yeah, well, nine ten. sorry, yeah, yeah nine, nine and ten. Yeah, yeah. I think you know. I think the fact that you've got the two longest songs and they're both they're both slower, more dramatic, more yeah. kind of uh, big tunes. Yeah, I think you need together. to make it. I think you need. I think you need to make a choice. I think. Maybe you know, maybe if Sky would Sky Western Crooked was earlier in the in the album, it would it would play better in context. Mm. But uh, I, I personally, I would leave this track off the album. Okay, that, that would I I wouldn't include this. I think this is I think this is the 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 biggest misstep on the record. But at the same time, there are still moments of it that I like. I don't hate it completely, mm. but I, it, it didn't work for me particularly. Okay, but you would maybe just uh, stick it as a B side on one of the singles and. Well, I suppose definitely if you'd been able to put After the Watershed on and have a 10-track album with that, you could have left this exactly. off. I see. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And, you know, this would be a skipper for me, I think. Okay, okay. Well, uh, we, we've hinted at it, but uh, let's do the last song then, which is number 10, The Impossible Dream. Yeah. yeah, And this was a single as well. It was. This was the third single, which is weird whenever, you know... Well, I well, think let's, this let's put very this strange. On. Yeah, okay. So, yes, this was the third single. And... Yeah. Uh, it got to number 21, which is mm-hmm. still half decent for a yeah. very bizarre choice for a single. Exactly. Because this song's 5 minutes 10. It's the longest track the, on the record. For sure, yeah. And this is twice the length of some of the songs on here. Yeah. Now, um... So we've got, kind of got this kind of open and then closing kind of keyboard part. Uh-huh. 
but for me, it's kind of obviously got a bit of the musical about it as well. Well, right? it's from a musical, yeah. This is this is a cover of a song from the man from La Mancha. Oh, fucking of course it is. Fucking hell, why didn't I, I? Why didn't I fucking put that together? Right. Yeah. This is, yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's got that. The way it's presented here, it's got a very kind of python-esque feel to it. Reminds me a lot of, you know, uh, the theme song for, the, like the opening credit song for Life of Brian. Which is the opening one? You know, like, and he became spotty, and he started going out and getting pissed and having one off the wrist. <laughs> oh, right, okay, yeah, that one. Right, I see. The, the kind of the very Shirley Bassey-esque one. Right. Oh well, funny enough, I uh, made a wee note of some other people who have covered this song. It's since it's been like, and the big like Frank Sinatra, Shirley Bassey, Matt Monroe, and Elvis have all right. done versions of this. As has Susan Boyle, obviously. Subo, Subo. But yeah, this is a big, epic, and it's it, it's musical through and through. It's got every yeah. uh, quality of a musical number that you would expect, uh, which makes it, a, and again, a very strange choice for a single to me. Yeah, I, I think it's a very strange choice for a single. Um, knowing that it's not an original makes it make more sense, right? Sure. As, yep. Because there's a there's a kind of a you know it kind of comes into that kind of uh, faith no more covering uh, easy for example. Yeah. Uh, that kind of tradition of uh, we're doing something funny that's a slightly different you know. Yeah, and I, 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 uh, I suspect that the band really like this song, and yeah. because they're they're not taking the piss out of it, they're not doing it in some ska pop way that sort of way. They're doing it pretty seriously, but it is a big epic tune. You know, it's not their oeuvre. Yeah, I'll tell you what it, it, what it does sound a bit like as well. It's Jesus to a Child for your... Oh, you reckon? Is it, is it Jesus to a Child? George one, Michael? One of, those, one, one of those George Michael tracks, yeah. Okay. I mean, as, as the song goes, I think it works as an album closer. I think uh, yes. it works. Yeah. If you had to choose between Sky West and Crooked, I'd choose this. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think you know it. it you know, it, I, I think it gets away with being overblown and silly uh, as as the end of this album because you know the, the whole thing's been presented with such a kind of sense of humour throughout. Definitely. Um, and I, th- so, I actually yeah. do think, just in terms of the song, I think it's a really good song, and I think they do it. Oh, well. I like it. Yeah. Um, oh, I like it. Yeah. And so yes, and it fits as the end of what they have called 1992 the love love album, and they've mm-hmm. gone through and they've done songs about the issues they want to talk about and the stuff that they see that is wrong going on to finish with this and and here's what I hope here's the impossible dream this is what I want to happen in the future and you know fingers crossed guys if we all work together I think it works in a, in a nice way for that there's an irony that they've you know tongue in cheek done this big musical number but it's still an optimism at the end of this uh, yeah. this, this this you know scathing and angry album and it's you know it's, it's a kind of a leveler at the uh, at the criticism that people make of people that kind of come up with things like those oh yeah all fucking doom and gloom and blah, 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 you know, you know. Mm-hmm. and that's that and often people that see life in that way are fucking optimistic they want life to be better the reason you see life being negative in those terms is because you you know you can see an avenue for things to be better than they are mm, uh, sure. if you just kind of make some fundamental changes and born out of frustration of people being too fucking lazy to do it right um Anyway, so let's talk about the album as a whole. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I talked last week about The Cure being, you know, the kind of the best album 
I I've discovered. Yes, um, the new one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, and you know, this isn't that, but what this is is by far the biggest surprise I think that I've. Right. You know, I'm it, generally surprised that you there was no real vitriol on your part. You weren't hating any of these songs. No, I didn't hate any of it. I liked I, I like it from start to finish. Yeah. I think it's a you know if I if I've ever been in a conversation with you and and said Carter is shit and. You know, I'm absolutely. I, you know, I, I think I've said that without foundation, and I was wrong. I hold, I hold my hands up. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it way more than I expected to, and I'm very, very glad for them that this was a number one album as well. I'm really glad that something like this was number one. Yes, uh, it, indeed, it's uh, a real moment for them. Obviously, to get a number one album for something that is so pointedly angry and vicious and pointing fingers yeah. at the music industry in parts. Um. Well done for them. It's a shame that this was the beginning of the end for them. It was they never got the attention again. I guess musically, the world moved on to Britpop in the indie world, uh, went in, more into the grunge and kind of alternative stuff on the rock side. They were left behind, along with a lot of other bands from that scene. Yeah, they never they you know kept going until I think it was ninety seven or ninety eight when they finally called it a day, but they never got back to this point of success. They still, you know, have some, but not this le- level. Uh, you know, they're competing against like the whole MTV thing, and they're not a band that'll probably get in a lot of rotation on MTV. I wouldn't imagine. No, and uh, you know, bless them, they are not uh, the best looking band in the world. They don't have an image that you can sell. They have T-shirts that you can sell, but people don't want to look like Jim Bob and Fruit Bad. Don't fair dues, man. But you know, uh, I mean, I you know, again, this is a lo- alongside uh, the Jesus Jones record mm-hmm. that we did mm-hmm. you know this is kind of part of the missing piece that says to me this is a genre that i probably was not quite ready for unfortunately at the time the but Grebo had scene. i given yeah had i given you know had had the wrong impression about and you know would have probably got a great deal out of it you know mm. it, it's very much the one that got away i think for music for me i think i was i think i was probably just a year or two too young for it really uh, right yes not, not not in physical years but in terms of like maturity i think but at the same time yeah th- there's only so much stuff you can be into isn't there it, absolutely I, mean, I was very laser focused on the stuff that i liked so what Fair can play. you do well no i'm glad that we i i also really enjoyed this album in and i did not think i was going to i thought i was just going to have my own prejudices reinforced to me that uh, i don't like the sound they're annoying they're too clever clever yeah. uh, all that stuff i thought that's what it's going to be and i'll be honest i haven't listened to any of the albums after this maybe they go down that route and maybe i don't wouldn't like anything else i've no idea but this album is really good okay so yeah uh, yeah we need to put some songs on this uh, on this playlist okay uh have you got one in particular you're like that's got to be on there. Uh, my favorite one is the only living boy new cross uh, well that's on my list as well because so yeah, that's it's on. it's such a big catchy tune and it's so evocative of the time to me that it makes me happy listening to that so that yep. that makes me uh, want to put that on the other one that uh, I have rated more highly is track eight, While You Were Out, which is the one I said is a bit more angry, has the big guitar riffs in it. I thought that was really catchy. So I, w- yeah, I, well, I, would, I, I would go that way, but, I don't, it, you know, it doesn't have to be. I mean, I, I would want to I would want to put uh, Look Man No Hands on there. Okay, okay. I, I really, really like that one. Um, well, we can put three on, so do you want to do those three? Yeah, let's do those three. Yeah. That means we get yeah, yeah. we get everything in that we want. Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. I mean, I I, I mean, I also had uh, Do Re Mi as a note here, but I'm I'm more than happy with those three. 
Oh, yeah, uh, I, I, I think, think Do Me for me was more of a, this is okay. It wasn't, uh, uh, it didn't grab me in the same way that the others did. I like that one. But uh, look, anyway, so what I'll say, guys, as well, if you're if you're a new listener and you're confused, uh, what we do is we put out a, every every week we choose a minimum of one, maximum of three songs off of every album that we do. Actually, when you listen to this playlist, listen to it on uh, on Shuffle. There's some actual fucking gold on there. There is, it is, you know. it, it is genuinely a good listen of a pot. It's not like a, it's not a, a load of shit. We've picked the songs well. It will make you smile. There are things that will come on and just make you crease up laughing. Yeah, uh, make love like a man being a favourite <laughs> every time it comes on. But it is actually a good kind of uh, way to to dig into some of the deeper cuts of some of the stuff that's going out there. So uh, check it out. I, you know, give it a follow. Give it a listen. Uh, I, I listen to it. Uh, way more regularly now that we've got two and a half years in there's a good body of stuff in there to draw from yeah absolutely exactly it's, it's now a decent size it's not just going to be uh you know phil collins Sinead o'connor phil collins Sinead o'connor there's a load of stuff on here now it's, it's, it's worth digging into it's five hours five and a half hours worth of playlist we are we've been putting together a couple of other playlists as well so just check it out we put a playlist up to get for every episode as well with all the songs that we talk about and things like that so do get involved with the playlist as always follow mm. us on social media please get in contact with us let us know your thoughts on on this album i'd be genuinely interested to hear people's thoughts on this car album because I suspect there are a lot of our friends who, you know, you're thinking of the same people I am, who will go, I fucking told you. I, you know, I told you yeah. that you'd like this, that they're a good band, you know, fair enough. And I mean, I've probably had the more, I've probably had the more uh, vitriolic conversations with people. So yeah, I mean, this is me, public apology. Uh, you, you're not getting a fucking face-to-face one, so fucking <laughs> suck on that, you cunts. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us, as always. Uh, I hope you hope the lockdown sound quality is uh, is acceptable to you. There's not a lot we can do about it unless they solve coronavirus. Uh, so if you are, if you're someone that can do that and you haven't so far, maybe this could be your motivation. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, we are going to be back um, as soon as we can be. Uh, well, we're going to put some quizzes out in the meantime, I think, to right, yep. fillers for episodes wherever we can. A lot of it is about time in a minute. I know it sounds ridiculous, but actually I've got less time than I normally do, bizarrely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so what's the next album we're doing? The next stuff? one is Iron Maiden's Fear of the Dark. Oh, that's going to be an interesting conversation. Yes, it is. Oh yes, my God, that's going is. to be an interesting conversation. I look forward to that one, mm. and as I'm sure will some of our friends. Anyway, <laughs> guys, thank you for joining us. We will be back as soon as we possibly can. Uh, join us on Fridays if you can for the alternative quizzes. Anyway, from me and from uh, Waffles the Dog and from Mr. Christopher. Thank you very much indeed, Dave. That was a pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Matter of fact, bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We are on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCLMusicPodcast at gmail.com. 